0: When, where the, what school, where's that story? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions. It's about Chicago, the region, and its people.
1: Hi, I'm WBEZ reporter Monica Eng, and I'm taking on a question about good deals at the local produce market. The question comes from Chicagoan Kaylin Hall. She loves fruits and vegetables.
0: And I would prefer to buy organic produce, but usually can't always really afford it. So
1: she turns to Chicago's local produce markets, where high-quality fruit and veg, even organic, can go for amazing prices. Markets like Cermak Produce, Fresh Farms, Pete's, Tony's, and her favorite, Stanley's at North and Elston.
0: There are many, many rows of fruits and vegetables and a big organic selection that's much, much, much cheaper than any other grocery store I've ever been to.
1: But to Kaylin, the selection looks suspiciously like stuff she sees at Whole Foods and Trader Joe's down the street. Just a little older and a lot cheaper. Then one day, she was at Tony's Finer Foods and the sketchiness went off the charts.
0: I saw a stock of Brussels sprouts that had the same label as Brussels sprouts from a Trader Joe's.
1: So Kalen asked if these smaller stores were selling rejected produce from Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. And is there something wrong with that? As a longtime Stanley's customer, I was curious, too. I mean, I've gotten Trader Joe's branded peppers and cukes there myself. So I visit a man who should know.
2: Peter Panagiotaros. I'm a produce buyer at Stanley's Fruit Market.
1: To check my recording equipment, I asked what he had for breakfast.
2: I had plums, pineapple, cantaloupe, cherries, watermelon. Apricots.
1: You see, every morning he's at the wholesale market and tastes the stuff he buys. Uh,
2: I did bite into a zucchini. That was breakfast.
1: Phew. Now, about those Brussels sprouts, the ones Kalen bought back in 2014.
2: So, what happens is Whole Foods, uh, Trader Joe's, or anybody of these major chain stores that have national distribution sometimes order a lot more than they need.
1: So Peter says Caitlin's basically right. Produce from big chains can end up in stores like Stanley's and Tony's, but not in the way she thinks. It's not dumpster diving or theft or anything like that. But it is mysterious. He tells me it happens in a little-known corner of the city, among a tight-knit group of mostly guys in the wee hours of the morning. I beg Peter to take me there. At first, he says no. The banter would be too salty for me.
2: It could be related to your gender, it could be related to your ethnicity, it could be related to your look, uh, but nothing's personal.
1: I assure him, I can take it. So on a recent Wednesday morning, he takes me to Chicago's wholesale produce district in Pilsen. Specifically, Anthony Morano Company. It's one of the district's biggest wholesale markets, filled with 10 acres of climate-controlled produce. Buyers from the region's biggest and smallest stores haggle at stations under neon signs that say berries, peppers, bananas, and more. Each one's manned by a Morano's guy. They're the link between the farmer and the buyer. Prices change by the person and by the hour. So these guys schmooze a lot.
2: already is one of my dearest friends. This guy here is a professional, great man, good guy.
1: But they also fire up insults, compliments, dirty looks, and weirdly, Lots of hugs. Peter from Stanley's hugs every salesman he sees. He even gives one a butt squeeze. Artie from Lettuce explains.
2: Everybody wants to remain as friendly as they can with
0: salespeople or owners so they get the better deals.
1: So do they get better deals through haggling and being tough or through hugging? After more haggling, tasting and hugging, Peter settles his orders and we head out. Do you do this every day?
2: Every day. Seven days a week. You never know what you're going to find. It's like opening a box of Cracker Jacks every day.
1: Now it's pretty clear. Independent greengrocers, especially one-store operations like Stanley's, make quick, killer deals with handshakes, filling their shelves with what's cheap. But big chains They make orders weeks, even years in advance, and when they guess wrong, that creates an excess that small guys can scoop up and sell, sometimes with the big chain's labels still attached. And our questioner Kaylin Hall, she's right, sometimes cheap produce has been rejected. That can mean a lot of things though, like when a shipment arrives even 15 minutes late. But usually rejection is about looks, packaging, shape, color, or… It'll be the wrong size, for example. And it'll get kicked back to the wholesaler or get kicked back to the distribution system. And then someone can pick it up really quick and move it for a quick deal. This is Pam Schneider, editor of Produce Retailer Magazine, in town for a conference. She says sometimes produce does get rejected for more than looks. Could be taste or... We're in the warehouse too long and the retailer needs to move it fast before it goes bad. They, they call it sell it or smell it. And here's an important point. Every town has rejection, overstock, spoilage. But not every town has all the Tonys, Pete's, and Stanleys to take advantage. Chicago is a very unique market because there are so many independent operators and you guys have a thriving and flourishing wholesale market. But where I live in Austin, Texas, for example, we have two major supermarkets and you're not going to see a whole lot of flexibility and fluctuation in set ad prices. So you guys are lucky. So... Remember those Brussels sprouts with the Trader Joe's stickers Kalen saw at Tony's? As we learned, they probably got there from some sort of rejection. I'm sure some hugging was involved. And Peter says he remembers that 2014 shipment well. Around Thanksgiving, thousands of cases ended up in the wholesale market.
2: What are you going to do with those cases just because they got Trader Joe's stickers on them? throw them in the garbage? No, you're going to sell
1: them. The classy move, and sometimes even a contractual provision, is to take the sticker off. But that costs more money and time and does nothing for you.
2: There's nothing wrong with the product. Trader Joe's is probably selling them for a heck of a lot more than Tony's was. And that's what you're looking for. And that's how you get your values.
1: So there it is, cheap produce, not as sketchy as it might seem. In fact, the process does two important things. It brings down the price of healthy food and reduces our food waste. I asked Peter if he had this in mind when he got into the business.
2: No, I didn't, but hey, you know what? I'm happy to be part of it though.
1: I meet up with question asker Kaylin Hall to tell her everything I've learned and ask how she feels about the cheap produce now. Well, I feel more confident in my purchase, um, but I think it's just an awesome story. Like I had no idea that there was this whole independent economy that's based on relationships and getting up early in the morning to haggle over food. Um, So I think it just makes my experience at Stanley's even richer. Reporting for this story came from me, Monica Eng. Curious City is supported by the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. Curious City Podcast is supported by Goose Island Beer Company. Since 1988, Goose Island has been inspired by Chicago's constantly evolving culture to create many award-winning beers, including Bourbon County brand Stout, goose ipa and four star pills more at gooseisland.com we don't need to be the only beer you drink we just want to be the best beer you drink next time on curious city it's 1929 chicago is obsessed with air travel by zeppelin one skyscraper even built a mast at the very top to dock airships. Except there's just one tiny problem. Can
2: you imagine what it would have been like as a passenger to get on and off an airship hundreds of feet over the, over the city streets? You would have been, had trouble talking people into doing that.
1: Why airships didn't take off in Chicago. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City.